One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. today and turn to the book of Luke, the book of Luke. Who's in the Christmas spirit? Awesome. Come on. It is good to be together in church at Christmas time. And a lot of things you can do, a lot of festivities, but uh, church is a great uh, thing to include in that. And uh, if you're here as a guest today, or maybe you missed last Sunday, we uh, began a new series last Sunday that we're calling The Birth of of the Jesus movement, uh, the birth of the Jesus movement. And I told you last Sunday uh, that, you know, the Christmas story is a little bit unique in that uh, it's a story that we go back to every year, that we look at every year. It's a story that uh, everybody in here is basically familiar with, uh, yet I believe there's so much uh, a wealth of wisdom and inspiration that God wants to give to each and every one of us through the Christmas story. And so this year we're looking at the Christmas story uh, through a little bit of a different lens. And, and if I could say it this way, this year it's, we're, we're not just looking at Christmas for me, but we're looking at the mission of Christmas, the, uh, not just the moment of Christmas, but the movement of Christmas. And I don't know if you realize this, but Christmas is about a lot more than Jesus just coming 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. It's about a lot more than just Jesus being conceived in Mary. In fact, I told you last week that the Bible says this, that God's plan is not just that Jesus was conceived in Mary, and we don't want to take anything away from the significance of that, but the, the, the Bible says it this way, that it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so God's purpose is not just that we get together on Christmas, have some eggnog, pretend like calories don't count, and just have all of the Christmas feels of what was 2,000 years ago. God's plan is that there would be a, a, a birth of a Jesus movement in our lives and through our lives. And, and I just saw this scripture this morning that I wanted to share with you. Uh, out of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. I don't even know if we have it for the screens, but this is what Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, and then we'll get to Luke 1 in just a minute. He says this, Examine yourselves as to whether or not you are in the faith. He goes on to explain what the faith is. He says, Test yourself. Listen to this. Do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? He doesn't say, test yourself, see if you believe that Jesus Christ came to the earth 2,000 years ago. Again, I'm not taking anything away from the hugeness of that moment, but the significance of that moment wasn't that it just happened 2,000 year, years ago. It's that it is continuing to unfold today across the world. God is continuing to conceive Jesus in people, that they would birth a Jesus movement that would change the world. What is the Russell home? The Russell home is because a woman, uh, Mama Russell, got the, 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 the vision by the Holy Spirit. Something was conceived in her, a dream, a vision, a calling from God that manifests the life of Jesus in the world. And so here we are in Orlando, 
the hands and feet, the person, the work of Jesus, not just happening 2,000 years ago, but being manifest through a simple uh, group of people that are willing to just say, yes, be it unto me according to your word. Amen? And uh, how many of you, that's your heart today? God, you just have your way in my life. Amen? I hope for every single one of us that is the case. You know, there's a a lot of uh, discussion around putting Christ back in Christmas, and I think that's great. I'm all for that. But let me tell you this. That's more about culture wars than it is about kingdom advancement. It's less about Christ in Christmas, and it's more about Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I don't think the enemy cares if we say Merry Christmas or not. Now, uh, y'all got quiet. I'm sorry. I'm all for it. Merry Christmas. I have a little something. If somebody says happy holidays, I'm like, come on, it's Christmas. I I, I get that. But let me tell you, saying Merry Christmas doesn't change the world. What changes the world is when you get a revelation of Christ in you. And so that's what God wants to do in all of our lives is he wants to conceive Jesus. Let's not just believe in Jesus. I believe in George Washington, That doesn't change my life, right? It's Christ in me. And so we talked last week about the divine conception that God wants to conceive Jesus in every single one of us. As he did in Mary physically, so he wants to do in us spiritually. And today we're going to continue. We're talking today about partnership. Last week was about conception. This week is about partnership. And so if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 1 Verse 39, we're going to read this little passage. Have some hot tea while you're at it. and Or maybe it's eggnog. I don't know. Um, Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 39, starting there. And uh, here's what it says. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we pray that even as we come around your word now, God, that you would speak to us, Lord. Stir our hearts, God, beyond My words are eloquence, which is so limited. Father, thank you, Lord, that your spirit is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask or imagine. And we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I spoke to you last week about the conception. And this week, I want to talk to you about the partnership, the divine partnership. And uh, here's what I, I want you to see in this passage, that as soon as the angel came to Mary, and as soon as the Holy Spirit conceived Jesus in Mary, that Mary, uh, just shortly after, got up and she went to Elizabeth. She, She went to this person that carried something on the inside of her 
that, that was a, uh, would become a catalyst to the purpose of God in Mary's life. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but oftentimes I notice that when people uh, get a word from God, get a call from God, uh, get you know this sense of God has, has spoken his destiny for my life, oftentimes what they do is withdraw from everybody else. They have what I would call the me and Jesus mentality. Have you ever met somebody like that? It's just me and Jesus. I don't need anybody else in my life. I don't really need to, uh, you know, build relationships with anybody. It's just me and Jesus. And uh, that mentality looks very spiritual. It sounds very spiritual. Wow, you're amazing. You don't need anybody. It's just you and Jesus. It sounds very spiritual, but it's the antithesis of spiritual. It's actually the antithesis of the way the, the kingdom of God advances. And, and here's the reason why is because all that God does, everything that God does, every purpose of God requires God's partnership. God's purpose requires God's partnership. God never does anything in isolation. Uh, let me say it this way. There are no solo acts in God's story. I don't care how gifted you are, how called you are, how anointed you are, what revelations, dreams, interpretations. I don't care if you walk on water. God's purpose for your life will never be fulfilled in isolation. Here, Mary, the mother of God, goes to someone else after it's conceived. The Holy Spirit conceives Jesus in her. Now, anybody... Better than that, anybody, like you, Mary's here, and you're like, I'm on that next level. Anybody, you're there? I don't think any of us are there. If you are, please stand up and fly around the room right now, <laughs> right? None of us are there, and the fact is that for every single one of us, God's purpose in our lives requires God's partnership. Your destiny will not be fulfilled in isolation, when God calls you, he also connects you to his people. God's calling is always fulfilled in God's community. And notice what happened when Mary walks into the room with Elizabeth. The Bible says that as she greeted Elizabeth, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped. Leaped or leapt, say it however you want. But the baby began to move. In other words, what was on the inside of her, that divine deposit that God had put on the inside of Elizabeth by the Holy Spirit as she, uh, as she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Of course, it was a fully human. John the Baptist was fully human. But, but when the voice of Mary came, she was filled with the Holy Spirit and the baby began to leap. Let me put it this way. When God calls you, when God speaks a, a plan, a purpose, when he de deposits a divine destiny in your spirit, you need to find some people around you who will make the baby within you come to life. You need to get around some people that will, that will speak into God's plan, that will, that will cause what's inside of you to come alive. Now, if Mary needed partnership, how many of you know we need God's partnership in our life to fulfill his purpose for our life? 
I, I believe this. There's been many people that have missed out on God's purpose because they've missed God's partnership. God never does anything in isolation. There are no solo acts in God's story. You need to get around people that make the baby on the inside of you, that call from God, that dream, that destiny on the inside of you come to life. How many of you have something that you feel God's put within you on the inside of you? Maybe a dream, maybe a call, maybe a vision, maybe something that you're praying for, believing for. You need to get around people that will cause that baby on the inside of you to begin to leap. And so I want to look at this story and I want to give you today what I would call uh, rules for relationship, or if you want another uh, title, you can call it points for partnership. I could probably come up with another <laughs> word, but points for partnership or rules of relationship from this story, okay, that, that if we're going to step into the relationships that God wants to give our lives and give to us in our lives, some things that we need to understand. Number one, is this, that relationship requires effort. Let me just say this before I go further. This isn't a marriage uh, message, but for those of you who are married, this is a great marriage message, okay? But it, it's good for all of us. That number one, relationships require effort. Look at what the Bible says in verse 39. It says that now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country uh, to Judah, to the city of Judah. Mary arose in those days. Now the Holy Spirit had just come to Mary, conceived Jesus in Mary. In other words, Mary was pregnant. How many of you know if you ever have an excuse to just stay home in your jammies, it's when you're pregnant, right? If you ever want a trump card, why you can't show up, just say, I'm pregnant, right? And, and that was the condition that Mary was in. She was pregnant. And not only that, but Elizabeth lived in the hill country. There was no Uber. In other words, I don't know if she was taking a donkey or if she was walking, but how many of you know, neither one are very compelling, uh, you know, opportunities for a pregnant lady. Can we, can we be in agreement on that? Right? I mean, if there was anybody that had a reason just to stay home, Mary had every reason just to stay home. She could have put up her feet, made a hot cup of tea, and just said, I think I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just stay home and send good vibes, right? But that's not what she did. Mary got up. Why? Because relationship requires effort, and if you want God's relationship in your life and his, his partnership to fulfill his purpose, you have to recognize it's not going to happen without effort. You have, to, you have to make the effort to build the relationships. And here's what I believe. I believe that one of the greatest tools of the enemy is isolation. I, I believe that if the enemy can get you isolated, he can hinder God's purpose for your life. You see, if the enemy could have just gotten Mary to stay home, she would have never had the divine connection with Elizabeth. And what was deposited in Elizabeth, the baby that Elizabeth carried, John the Baptist, was a catalyst for the calling that was on Mary's life. And so if she 
she, all that she had to do to miss out on that was simply to stay home, to, to isolate herself. The enemy will always try to isolate you. Notice that the baby didn't leap until Mary showed up. I'm preaching better than y'all are letting on. The, the baby didn't, didn't leap until Mary came into the house. In other words, it was when she showed up, when she stepped in, that the Holy Spirit began to move. The Bible says it this way, or Jesus said it, said it this way, where two or, or more are gathered, there I am in the midst. In other words, there's something that happens spiritually when people who carry a, a divine deposit on the inside of them get together. That's why Sunday gatherings are so important, not so that we can check off the list, did my religious duty, but because there is something in the atmosphere that will become catalytic to God's purpose for your life. There's something in the atmosphere that will release faith into your spirit. There's something in the atmosphere of worship that releases joy into your spirit. There's something in the atmosphere of the word that will break depression off of your life. And so uh, there's power just in gathering together. Paul said it this way to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that is within you, which you received through the laying on of my hands. Now, I know we live in a digital world, but how many of you know uh, you can't lay hands on at a distance, right? Laying hands is a personal thing. And Paul says, when I laid my hands on you, there was a release of God's power into your life. There was a release of gifting into your life. And don't let that just go dormant. Stir it up. Stir it up. And so when we come together, we're, every time we come together, we're not here to just have a meeting. We're not here to just go through the motions. To be honest, if it's just a meeting, how many of you know we all have something better to do? and it probably has food, okay? If it's just a meeting, stay home. But I want you to know what God wants to do among us is not just a meeting. He wants to give us an encounter. He wants us that when we show up, there's something stirred up in, on the inside of us because He is present in a unique way when we're gathered together. The Holy Spirit is working among us. That's why we always want to make room for the gifts of the Spirit when we gather together. We want to make room for prophecy. We want to make room for words of knowledge. We want to make room for healing and for prayer over one another because we believe that God wants to show up among us. It's not just a chance to put on some Sunday best or maybe to go casual for a change, but it's, a, it's an opportunity to experience the power of God, which will propel us into God's purpose. There, there is something that's a property of all matter that uh, scientists could tell you a lot more about than I can, but something called resonance, which is a property of all matter. And resonance is this characteristic of matter that basically all matter has a frequency built into that matter. Built into that substance, there is a, a, a built-in frequency that, that you may never notice. In this cup, there is a built-in frequency in that cup, but you will never notice that until that gets in proximity 
to something that is releasing that sound on the same frequency, to something that that is producing that same wavelength. And when that wavelength begins to hit that other substance that has the same frequency, that substance begins to resonate to the same sound. And I believe there, there is a spiritual resonance that God puts within believers. That when we gather together, it's not just let's go through the motions, have a nice day, hopefully there's an encouraging talk. It's not about the talk, it's about the Spirit. It's about what the Holy Spirit does through the, the, the preaching of the Word and through the worship. There's something when you come in. Maybe you come in and you feel like, man, I'm just spiritually dead. But my hope is that sometime during our gathering, there's something on the inside of you that begins to go, it's my bad version of resonance, but that there's something in you that the dreams that God's put within you, the call that God's put within you, the gifts that God's put within you begin to be fanned into flame, that they begin to resonate, not because of a person, but because of the Spirit in the atmosphere. And so I'm always amazed at how I hear from people about how God speaks to them in the gathering. I've had people tell me that, you know, during the the preaching that God spoke to them a word for their business or a word for their family or something that has been a directional word that they had been waiting on God for. And I think, when did I ever speak about that? And the fact is, I didn't say anything about that, but the Holy Spirit is just resonating in the atmosphere, and it's in that atmosphere that they begin to pick up on what God is putting down, amen? And so we want to get into the atmosphere where God's moving. Don't let the enemy isolate you and get you off on your own. Mary gathered with Elizabeth. She began to resonate with her. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and even more as you see the day approaching. Notice that encouragement, putting that courage into you, the work of the Holy Spirit into you as we gather together. And so I want to encourage you, first of all, relationships require effort. Mary arose and made haste into the hill country. The second thing I want you to see, number two is this. Not only do relationships require effort, but relationships require honor. Honor. Everybody say honor. I spoke to you a few weeks ago about the principle of honor. That in an atmosphere of honor, God is free to move. In an atmosphere of honor, the power of God shows up. And here we see an example of honor that releases the power of God into the life of Elizabeth. Notice what Elizabeth says when Mary walks in. It says, it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke. Notice that when she was filled, then she spoke. It wasn't just internal. It flowed out of her mouth. Then she spoke with a loud voice. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Not the fruit of the loom, the fruit of your womb. But why, listen, but why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
Now, if you know the story of Mary and Elizabeth, you know that Mary and Elizabeth were cousins. And here, Elizabeth's cousin comes to see her. And she could have just said, what's up, cuz? Right? She could have just said, Mary, hey, good to see you. But that's not how she responds. She says, why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Notice that she is speaking honor over the gift, over the divine deposit that has been put within Mary by the Holy Spirit. You see, the fact is that every single person has a natural identity. Every single person has something that they, just their their own natural identity. But when the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, we have a new identity. We, we, We become... We may not be the mother of the Lord, but we become the servant of the Lord. We begin to carry the life of God on the inside of us. And so if we want the power of God released in our life to fulfill his purpose, we have to begin to honor one another with our words. In other words, don't just call somebody who they are in the natural. It's no longer just Eddie. It's Eddie, the man of God. It's Eddie, the man that carries the anointing to bring the presence of God in worship. Why? Because it's the call that's on his life. It's the destiny that's on his life. Notice that Mary didn't call herself the mother of the Lord. She didn't say, what's up, mother of the Lord in the house? That's not what she said. She just showed up, and it was Elizabeth that spoke out her divine destiny. And you see, there's two errors that we can fall into. One error is what I would call the error of idolatry. Mary, or Elizabeth didn't call her, didn't call Mary, my Lord. Notice she's not the Lord. She's the mother of the Lord. One error that we can make is sometimes going to an extreme that puts people up on a pedestal that honestly is a place that's setting them up for failure because they're not God, they're human. And so we should never put somebody on a pedestal that only God can be on. But the other error is just dishonoring people by not recognizing the the thing that they carry in the Spirit, the thing that God has put on their life. She honored Mary not just because of who she was in the natural, but because of what she carried in the Spirit. And God is, if, when God puts a divine deposit on, on the inside of a person, a man or a woman, when he speaks to us and puts a call, a destiny, a gift, a, a vision, maybe for you it's a vision for business. Maybe for you it's a, it's a creative, artistic idea that will express the beauty of our creator to the world. Maybe for you it's a nonprofit idea that will become a blessing to the world that will reveal the nature of our loving God to the world. Maybe it's a it's a musician gift that will manifest worship and welcome people into the presence of God. But God wants to put that divine deposit on the inside of every one of us. And one of the ways that that comes to life is Uh, is through those of us around that person speaking it out over them. This is what the Bible calls prophecy, that we begin to speak out, not necessarily foretelling the future, but foretelling, speaking out what's on the inside of a person. 
And that's what happened with Mary and Elizabeth. Mary walks in. She recognized that what was in Elizabeth was catalytic to the call that God had on her life. And so rather than staying home, she goes to see Mary or goes to see Elizabeth. But as soon as she comes in, Elizabeth's filled with the Holy Spirit. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit says, you're, my, you're the mother of my Lord. What was she saying? She was speaking out what she saw within Mary by the Holy Spirit. That's what prophecy is. It releases God's purpose. It speaks out. It calls out what God has put within people. And I've said it before that I believe one of the, some of the most powerful words that we can ever speak are the words, I see in you. When we align our, our, our uh, proclamation with God's purpose and we begin to speak out, not just not just who we see a person be in the natural, but who we see them to be in the spirit. We're honoring what God has placed within them. Look at what the Bible says of Mary and Elizabeth. It says in verse 44, As soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. As soon as the sound came in my ears... There was something that happened on the inside of me. In other words, it wasn't just an audible sound. It wasn't just a physical sound. It was a, a spiritual act. The baby within me leapt. She wasn't just speaking to Elizabeth. She was speaking into Elizabeth. She was speaking into the divine destiny that God had put within Elizabeth, that prophetic call to prepare the way of the Lord. And when she spoke to Elizabeth, she wasn't just speaking to her, she was speaking into her. And here's the question I have for you. Who do you allow or who do you give the honor of speaking into your life? Who do you give the honor to that they can speak into your life? That they can speak not just their opinion, but when they speak, it carries weight in your life because of not just who they are in the natural, but because of what they carry in the spirit. Every single one of us need people in our lives that we allow to speak into our lives. Not because they're forcing something on us, but because we recognize that spiritual authority that God has placed within them. And so when they speak to you, it's not just, well, that's your opinion and you have the right to think whatever you want. But when they speak to you, you recognize that that is a catalyst to release what God has put within you. Speaking into your life, every one of us, Need people, need to give some people that honor. Don't give it to everybody. Don't let somebody at the grocery store that doesn't know anything about you just walk up to you and give you a directional word that totally transforms your life if it's not in alignment with everything else that God's spoken to you. That's what the Bible calls the discerning of spirits. And so you don't just go with every vibe that gets sent out. You don't just roll with every breeze that comes along, but you do have to open yourself up to those God connections that God will use to catalyze his destiny in your life. There's some people that God's put in my life that are not just friends and not just family or not just acquaintances, but I would look at as these are voices that God uses, that God uses to speak into my life. The first is my dad. Now, here's the thing about your dad is you I'm under, no, uh, I'm, I'm under no imagination that he's perfect. I grew up with him. 
And uh, he's a great man. He's a man of God. But here's what I've recognized. I can either just treat him as my dad or I can honor him as a voice that God has put to speak into my life. I can say, well, you just have, you, you do it your way. I do it my way. But I miss out on the catalyst that he is to release God's purpose into my life. And so he's not just my dad, he's also the man of God that has voice into my life, that has the authority to speak into my life. Another relationship that I have, some of you know Johannes Amritzer, and uh, he's a, a friend, but he's not just a friend, he's a guy that, that has the ability to speak into my life. That when I get around him, it's not because he's got some denominational title or he's, you know, a superintendent or some, and nothing wrong with that. But it's not about a positional authority. It's about a spiritual authority. And when I get around him, I, I get inspired. I get stirred up on the inside of me. And some of the others in here are, are, are people that I believe God's put in my life to have a voice into my life. Another guy that speaks into my life uh, kind of a newer relationship is a guy named Chris Benond. And uh, some of you know who he is. Uh, he's a guy that pastors a church in California. And a couple of years ago, I came across a podcast and then some blogs from him. And I thought, wow, this is great teaching. I really resonate with this teaching. But I didn't know who he was. I had no relationship with him. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I was sitting after Jen and I had visited her parents in Minnesota. We were sitting in a coffee shop in Minnesota, because that's always the will of God, to be in the coffee shop. And so we were in the coffee shop, and we're from Florida, and we're in Minnesota, and in walks this guy who lives in California that I've never met, but I've been listening to, and I've been stirred by what God was speaking through him. And there we are in Minnesota, and this guy walks in the room, and I go, Jen, I think I know who that is. I think that's a guy that I've been listening to. Long story short, out of that came a, a connection that God has used to stir the call that he's put within me. That God's used that. That wasn't just a co coincidence. It wasn't just a coinkydink. It was God's plan and purpose. And so I, I, I want to allow people to have, you've not heard coinkydink since 97, have you? comes to my mind and comes out my mouth, all right? But I, let me say this. We need to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our relationships. Even, uh, let me say this, in our connect groups. Don't just make connect group a hangout time. Hang out. I love that. We should be around the table, but we should always welcome the presence of God. We should always be willing to speak out. Don't be afraid to be perceived as, well, there goes the spiritual guy in the room. Can we agree? That's what we're here for, right? Like if you can't speak up in that environment, where can you? And so we need to begin to speak God's plan and purpose over one another. And uh, don't just look at people in the natural. We need to speak out God's destiny, God's destiny, that God's call and plan. Some of you are divinely anointed business people. And we don't want to just look at you as a nine-to-fiver or just a business person. We recognize you as, a, as God called, God equipped. Some of you are musicians. And again, it's not just you just happen to play music, but you carry an anointing to release the presence of God. And we honor that. We want to call that out of you. We want to call it forth. Some of you are called to be pastors. 
and you're just sitting in seats right now, not functioning in the way that God has called you to. Some of you are called to be preachers. Some of you are called to be church planters. Some of you are called to be missionaries. Again, that's not like everybody needs to fit in that place, but we want to honor what God has put within you. We want to call it out of you, your divine destiny. Why? Because relationships require honor. Relationships require honor. And number three, as we prepare to close, not only do relationships require effort and relationships require honor, but number three, relationships require alignment. Alignment. And I know you may feel like some of what I'm talking about I've, is rehashing what we've been talking about over weeks gone by, but how many of you know that a mark of a great teacher is repetition? Let me say that again, a mark of a great teacher. That joke never gets old. Relationships require alignment. Let me explain to you what I mean. When... Mary came and Elizabeth spoke out the blessing of who she was. Verse 45, it says this, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. That's what Elizabeth spoke out over Mary. But notice Mary didn't go, Elizabeth, you're my girl, come on. My BFF, let's get like matching tattoos and we're going to be moms together, so like we need to do a mommy hangout every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let's do it together. Can we do it? Nothing wrong with mommy hangouts. They didn't say, let's get matching sweatshirts. Let's get a tandem bike with two little bike kid carriers on it. It wasn't just about their relationship. Notice what she says in verse 46. Mary's response was, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. She goes on to say, For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. She doesn't respond in just going, you're awesome. She responds in going, God, you're awesome. Oh, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You see, the relationship wasn't just about them. It was ultimately about him. They were in alignment together because they were aligned with God's purpose. They were magnifying the Lord. Here's the thing in relationship. If you magnify a person you're only going to see their problems. Sometimes we do that. We find a new friend and we are like inseparable. And that's great. I'm talking about the power of partnerships. But here's the problem is the more you magnify a person, the more you're going to see their faults. The, the, the more you just put your hope into a person, the more you're going to be disappointed. And so it wasn't magnify the person because we'll just see the problems. It was magnify. My soul magnifies the Lord. You see, when you magnify a person, you see their problems and their shortcomings. But when you magnify the Lord, you see his purpose and others' potential. You begin to see people, yes, they're human, yes, they're flawed, yes, they have problems and shortcomings, but you're not aligned because of their perfection, you're aligned because of his perfection and his purpose. And so when you magnify the Lord, you begin to release his purpose and others' potential.
You see, God's purpose is greater than just your relationship. The greatest source of unity is not when we just get together and wear matching sweatshirts and ride a tandem bike. The greatest place of unity is when we say, let's magnify the Lord together. Let's be about something bigger than just ourselves. Let's be about God's purpose and mission. You see, ultimately, the babies that both of them carried, John the Baptist and Jesus, ultimately died. They were murdered. And if you make your relationship only about what's in you and what's in the other person, that will be the death of the relationship. But it wasn't just about what was in them. It wasn't just about their relationship. It was about serving God's purpose. Don't make a relationship just the end in itself. Don't Let me just give you, if you're married, have a, have a mission to your marriage. Have a purpose beyond just where you're at. Live for the kingdom of God. Magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together, David says. David also said it this way. Worship team, you guys can come back up. David said it this way to Jonathan. If you remember the story of David and Jonathan. These were two men that Entered, they recognized the spiritual power in their friendship, in their relationship. They recognized that this was not just a coincidental friendship, but that ultimately God wanted to release his purpose through their friendship. And the Bible says this in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 42. David says this to Jonathan. He says, may the Lord be between you and me forever. May the Lord be between us. In other words, let's, this is not just a friendship because we have shared interests, but we're recognizing that we're living for something bigger than ourselves. We're, we're aligning ourselves to God's purpose and God's plan. And the Bible says of Jesus that when he was born, that he would have the throne of David. Ultimately, what came out of their friendship was that David became a king that God used, not a perfect king, had his shortcomings, but ultimately he was the king that would prepare the way of the Lord. And I, I believe that's a great picture for every one of us, that God wants to bring friendships into our life that will release his destiny. There's some of you in here that have been that to me. There's some of you that, man, if it wasn't for your encouragement, if it wasn't for your partnership, if it wasn't for your willingness to, to stand together, that I know for me that I would miss out on what God had for me. And I believe God wants to release his plan, his purpose, his destiny into each and every one of us today. I want to ask you if you would just to stand up.